the rig report. What is the rig report? The rig report is where we all gather in the gym to talk to our friends about our day, how we did in the wad, about what's going on at the CrossFit Games, and that's what we're bringing to you. A new community of news, information, and fun. We're all wrapped around the rig. We are going to start today by giving you a story about Saxon Panchik moving to Nashville and joining the Proven team. I'm going to throw it over to Amy Radowski, who has more. So, Saxon, you just made a big move. You and your family just, uh, just the other day moved to Nashville, right? Yes. So uh, you're going to be joining the proven, the proven training camp. Um, so I have a couple questions about that. So why now? Yeah, um, I feel like there's there's never a good time to move. There's never a good time to make change. I feel like, um, at least in the CrossFit world. Um, yeah, you can plan things in like the off season and things like that. But for me, like the off season is made for rest. Like you only get one of those. Um, so I really like focused on using my off season this year and, um, I decided that, you know, I needed to make a little bit of a change to my training. Um, and it was more like, like, I always felt like I had the right guidance and the right coaches and things like that. But for me, there was something that was always missing. Um, and I felt like I really recognized that at the Rogue Invitational and Wadapalooza. And for me, I felt like there was just a little spark, a little fire missing. And that was being able to turn it on and being able to compete. Um, I got so used to competing by myself uh, in the gym every single day, which I'm very grateful for because that taught me how to like stay in my own in my own lane and really focus on myself and not get sucked into the people around you. Um, but in order to become the fittest on earth, you know, you got to be able to turn it on and be able to compete. And uh, for me, you know, that um, included me like putting myself around the right people to be able to do that um, during my training sessions and uh, things like that. So, yeah, this will be a big change for you then training with people like Brooke and Tia and Will and and all that, that hopefully that will light your fire. Like you Absolutely. Said. And, um, you know, whenever I first came down and visited, you know, the, the biggest thing that we, we talked about was, yes, there's a time to compete, but there's also a time to train and practice and get better. Um, and I feel like that was, um, a big, a big relief where, you know, I didn't want to necessarily focus on competing every single day, because I know that to have longevity in the sport, you know, that's not sustainable. Um, so finding like-minded people that fully understand that, I think was super important for me. Sure. So is this move to Nashville permanent or is this like a temporary seasonal thing? Ah, uh, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> for me right now, um, just taking it, um, the season at a time or one season at a time, um, and see what happens. But Nashville and Tennessee is somewhere where, you know, I always wanted to be able to live, um, and raise my family. So I felt like the cards kind of fell into place how they needed to in order for that to happen. So, um, yes, it might be a year. It might be two years. It might be five. It might be forever. <laughs> we don't know. So do you guys have, since you're, you moved you know, away from your family, do you guys have support or help for Chloe and Sophia? Yeah. So, uh, my wife is a stay at home mom. So, um, she, she crushes it, but, um, 
her sister actually ended up moving down with us because she works remote a little bit and um, really being able to just have communication with my wife um, and know like, hey, you know, I'll be at the gym from 10 until four. Uh, so, you know, I'll handle the kids in the morning and I'll handle them in the evening and you focus on um, being with them during the day. And I think it's just having those uh, those healthy time away to yourself where you can really focus on yourself and whether she wants to work out, whether she wants to go shopping, whatever it is, just to sure. get out of the house. Uh, Self-care. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what will this be like? I mean, how does this feel about not training with Spencer? Or maybe yeah. is Spencer going to join? Uh, no, Spencer's actually working with a different coach. Okay. Um, and recently within, I'd say like the last year, year and a half, we haven't been necessarily training uh, side by side too often uh, for him. Mm -hmm. He wants to be able to compete every day, or shall I say like anytime he lines up next to somebody, he's ready to compete. Um, and so am I. And yeah. being able to like turn that on and off is very challenging just because it's your brother. You never want to lose to your brother. Right. Um, so me and him had that conversation like, hey, let's both try going our own directions and try some different coaches and surround ourselves around different people because we've been together in the CrossFit space since we were 12 years old. Um, and I think it's very important to be able to evolve into our own athletes um, and be able to, you know, attack different strengths and weaknesses uh, on our own, nece not necessarily always, you know, comparing ourselves as like the same athlete. I think it's very important that we're our own unique athlete. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Here's my last question. What's on your vision board for the game season? When the CrossFit games, <laughs> that's All been right. on my vision board since I was 12. <laughs> I know <laughs> I've seen one of your vision boards. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we're really excited for you and thanks for taking time just to check in and, and we're, we're excited to watch you this season. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. And then I sat down with Nick Johnston, proven coach, and he's going to talk about the Saxon Panchuk move from their perspective. So, Nick, what's it going to be like having a perennial top 10 games finisher joining the proven team? You know, it's going to be really awesome to add Saxon to the team. He's been somebody that I think everyone in our camp has known for a long time, been around, obviously seen his success, but we haven't had any kind of interaction with him as an athlete. Uh, we had him out last week for the first time and things clicked really, really well. He's going to fit right in with our team. And, you know, having Tia, Brooke, Will, everybody on our team right now, um, it's only going to elevate his game, which is crazy to say, right, because of all the success, um, but it's going to be fun to watch. So why is he the right fit for your team? You know, I think when it comes down to a move like this and having him here in person in Nashville, it really comes down to more than just skill level. It comes down to personalities. It comes down to social interactions. And it's more than just in the gym, right? Because we're going to spend a lot of time together. We're going to be together every single day um, as a group. Um, so having him here, getting to know him a little bit and seeing how well things clicked from um, both the social aspect, but also an athlete aspect. Um, it was an easy decision right away. So Proven was founded pretty much when Matt and Teal were working out together um, and using each other to push. 
is Saxon going to be a big help to Tia to have that elite athlete that can push her every day in the gym? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to add him into the mix because although we have such a talented roster already, Saxon brings a lot to the table that we may be uh, missing in a few areas. He's going to fill some gaps to where um, not only for Tia, but all for all of our athletes to where we can push in certain areas, just on his first week there, obviously Tia is coming back from being out of shape with bobsled, but um, it was good to see her be able to push against someone to a level that uh, maybe Will or Brooke didn't have those strengths. And now Saxon does. Um, so we're really just creating an all around um, kind of just perfect team atmosphere to where, Hey, we have three people really good at this. Saxon may be really good at the other. Um, now we're able to fill, fill those voids when it comes to preparing for a competition, preparing for the off season, um, just anywhere that we need to fill that in. So for Saxon, he kind of came up in the sport because of his brother and he started as a training partner. Then he did a lot of the programming and stuff on his own. Then he hired a remote coach. This is going to be the first time where he has a coach that is going to give him instant feedback on the daily. How is that going to change his game? I think the the number one thing that both um, Dwight, Shane, and I all mentioned when he left uh, was his ability to think as an athlete. He is more than just a, yes, sir, okay, I'll do that, yes, sir, this. Um, he gave us feedback on what we were giving him feedback on, if that makes sense. He asked questions. He asked why we were doing things a certain way. And that's exactly what we want because that's when you're a remote athlete, even though you're talking to your coach almost daily, you don't get those interactions between workouts. You don't get those little feedbacks and cues that you can kind of get um, on the spot, if that makes sense. He's going to grow a lot from that. Um, and being able to see his coaching mindset as well as being an athlete is only going to help us grow as well, which is really cool to see. What are your emotions going into this season now with the team that you have assembled? Oh man, we couldn't be more excited. I think last year was obviously the the euphoria of having a brand new team and kind of bringing proven to the world for the first time officially. Uh, it was awesome, right? But we were all still getting to know each other. We didn't really have a cadence down of how training would go or who would fit with who. Having that plan now and having that in place with the team that we have, even adding more people than we did, uh, it's going to be very dangerous. It's going to put people um, in our camp in a different category, I believe, than they've ever been before. Um, and it's going to turn some heads this season for sure. So initially proven, the athletes that came in had pre-existing relationships. Brooke with Tia, um, the guys with Brooke. Now the, this is the first one that's kind of coming in cold and you're becoming a destination programming team does that change the mindset for proven um i don't think it changes the mindset at all because what what i think we do best and what shane does best from a core level is he knows exactly what he is and what his brand is so we're not going to change for anyone um, and if you want to come have a conversation with us we're, we'll open the door to anybody right but we want to make sure uh, we have quality over quantity when it comes to coaching. Um, and that's obviously what we're getting with Saxon. And we just want to make sure that we hold our brand to the highest standard because we want to offer the very best. Um, and, and to your point, we just want to make sure that those athletes feel like, hey, when I move to this camp, it's not an easy decision. You're going to have hard conversations when you have to leave the coach, right? And that's that's what we really respect 
about an athlete that has to go through that same situation with Brooke. Um, but you're a professional athlete at this point and you have to do what's best for your career. We want to be that destination for them moving forward. It was awesome to be able to talk to Saxon and Nick, and it gives you a first-hand perspective of what's going on with that move. Now we're going to show you a video that we did with Phil Mansfield, who looks at the four F's, and he's going to explain that and what that means and why it makes coaching men and women different. said that men are, are typically more confident, but as a coach, you have to be careful because they could be masking insecurities. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think I work on a the three Fs. I use something called uh, fun, fear, and focus. And when I'm watching any person, male or female, in a in a sporting environment, I'll I'll try to see where their dominance is. Um, and I think you would, you know, the athlete before who is terrified, and you know the athlete before who is extremely sort of nerded in the details of where I'm going to go and the focus athlete and then the athlete who's just sort of leaning back and having a bit of fun and we recognize that in ourselves and in other people I think what's um, what's really interesting to try and go further is, is to see how they compensate for those things so it's all the, the balance at the perfect or the zone as we call it um, and we can measure that hormonally um, but the zone, as it's called, you know, where you lose time and you feel wonderful and you just everything's flowing and whether it be reading a book, whether it be playing music or doing sport. And we're always searching for the zone and hormonally, the zone is the perfect balance between the three hormones that are stimulated by fun, fear and focus. And mm -hmm. when you are when you are dominant in one of those three areas, then you have the imbalance in the hormone and that will that will manifest itself and play itself out on the floor with your performances, especially with your heart rate. You see it in their heart rates. Either heart rate's not getting too high enough or staying too low. Um, where that goes slightly wrong is, is that's that's viewing it in its purity. That's viewing it in its in its if you're actually seeing what you're supposed to be seeing from the athlete. But a lot of the time, fear will manifest itself as fun, for example. So instead of being quite fearful of going on the floor instead of saying i'm scared of this i'm worried i'm nervous you'll see i don't mind it's no problem i got it all under control you know and you'll feel that sort of rebellious you maybe if you've got kids you'll know that sort of <laughs> that sort of almost that teenage um that teenage uh rebelliousness angst. yeah yeah angst. yeah exactly and anxiety does manifest it's just it's very difficult for uh man who who squats 200 kilos and power cleans 150 kilos to say i'm scared of this now um and so in, in a lot of cases you see that that bravado um but it's actually manifesting itself as fear inside them and unpeeling those layers is one of the most important things we can do for our male athletes i think i think males are I know for myself, we are expected to be a certain way and we are asked to be a certain way when actually we're just as vulnerable as in, or insecure as everybody else is. But particularly being put out into that CrossFit environment in that sort of shirt off, mask, very, very masculine area, being able to being able to show vulnerability is an enormous okay. skill. So and the then on the women's side, you, um, you purport that they have a higher pain threshold um, they're more resilient to volume and they need to understand sort of the why behind what they're doing. Is that more of that focus that of the three F's that the, that the females tend to sort of exude? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they, <clears throat> I think it was 2000 and 
2002, I'd just, I literally broken my neck. I didn't know what to do with my life. Uh, so I took over a head coach role uh, with the with a premiership women's rugby team. And on the Tuesday night, I had been working some drills with a, with a men's team. And I'd stopped them, restarted, stopped them, restarted, stopped them, restarted. And on Thursday night, I did the same session with the girls and the girls just sort of got it straight away. And I came home and I remember coming home and phoning my dad and saying to my dad, I don't know how to say this, Dad, but it just the girls are easier to coach. <laughs> I think, to be honest, in, in in 21 years of coaching, girls are easier to coach. They are. They're, they're much more susceptible. They're much more open to listen. They're, they're much, without being too general, because, of course, there's some wonderfully coachable guys out there. But the but the girls I've worked with are, are much more coachable than, than the guys are. And I think that's, as long as there's a sort of buy-in and a trust to to the coach and the person in front of them, then, then they, 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 the, the focus side of things is very, very dominant with the, with the girls, where, where the guys sort of switch between that, what I call that fake fun, it's fear manifesting itself as fun, where the girls are very focused. Um, and yeah, and they, and they actually, I think when they're enjoying it, it's because they're actually enjoying it. I think they're quite good at separating those two things. We want to thank Phil for all of his time. And now we're going to talk to our friends at Fantasy Fitnessing, Dave and Catherine, who are going to look at the possible upsets in this year's Open Madness Bracket Challenge. It's going to be a fun time. If you haven't signed up, go to fantasyfitnessing.com and sign up there. Take it away, Dave and Catherine. Hey, everyone. So it is Catherine and Dave here from Fantasy Fitnessing and just wanted to welcome you to our Open Madness Upsets show. So we've kind of seated our heroes and hopefuls in the open madness brackets and Dave has picked a few or one upset per bracket that he thinks is kind of an interesting one to watch so looking at our heroes bracket all right so starting on the women's side we got number two Laura Horvath versus number 15 Emma Carey uh, so Laura Horvath Definitely expect her to finish on the podium in Madison later. But in terms of week one at the CrossFit Open, I have Emma Carey for my upset on the women's hero side. So Emma Carey, first week of the Open in 21.1, finished 14th in the world. And back, way back in 20.1, uh, she was 12th. And so that would have been she's probably 15 years old um, to be the 12th best in the world. She comes lights out. Uh, in first week the open so uh, I have her as my upset um, Emma Carey over Laura Horvath yeah I think that's an appropriate upset Emma Carey has been excelling in the open for years it'll be interesting to see if because she's gone individual and she's made it through and she kind of knows how she stacks up if she still goes all out in the open or if she maybe has one of her weaker open performances because it doesn't actually matter as much for her so I think that'll be the interesting with, thing with Emma Carey. Probably still a solid pick over top of Laura Horvath, but that'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, I think Emma Carey as well, just she might have a bit of a chip on her shoulder after having to uh, drop out of Dubai and miss Wadapalooza. So um, hopefully, well, hopefully we'll see what happens and I hope both of them have a, a great open, but Emma Carey's may upset for week one. Yeah. So if we switch over to the men's side, um, I found the men's heroes bracket the hardest one to pick an upset in. Um, 
So ultimately, I ended up with Brent Fikowski and versus number our three seed versus Andre Houdet or Houdet, uh, the 14 seed. Uh, really, I'm just going with the fact that Fikowski doesn't always do good in the um, online events, um, or at least he has that reputation reputation to. So, but last year, Fikowski finished 22nd in the Open and was 32nd back in 2020. Uh, so that uh that generalization doesn't really apply here but uh i'm going to take kudet uh he did finish seventh in quarterfinals last year which was an online competition and uh also qualified to the games through um german throwdown i believe in fourth so uh he does have some top potential within um online competitions uh but here in this case i'm just kind of thinking that Pikowski, probably the most calculated person in the field uh, and has a full understanding of what this season's going to bring. So um, might taper a bit at the start just to, you know, focus on some uh, different training at this time of year. So I'll take Kude for my men's heroes upset. Yeah, that's an interesting one because Fikowski's done a lot online in the last year and he's made it through. So who knows? Maybe he's shaking yeah. that off. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, Kude might be a solid pick. He's got more like, He's just less established. So in terms of proving that he should be there, he might be pushing a bit harder in the open. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely an option there. and A bit more confidence after finishing 15th at the games last year. Yeah. And then into the hopefuls. The women hopefuls. So um, women hopefuls, I got number five, Caroline Connors versus number 12, Sophie Sigurd daughter. Uh, so Connors was a games athlete last year. So um, kind of a, a bit of an upset there. Um, for me, Singer Daughter had a really great offseason uh, so far, which is kind of what has turned the tide for me. So she won the Madrid CrossFit Championship back in October. Didn't have the strongest field um, of all the offseason competitions, but Jacqueline Dahlstrom was um, in that competition. So Sigurd daughter did come out there and then she was also a part of the team GoWad uh, that finished third uh, between behind uh, team Krieger and the mayhem team at Wadapalooza. So um, since that one, two competition was so strong, didn't really hear much about team GoWad at Wadapalooza, but um, was also a member there. So I think just building on this off season, uh, I like her potential to, to upset Connors week one of the open. Yeah, she's super fun to watch at Wadapalooza on that team. She's definitely another daughter that I think is going to be getting in the mix. And her and Carolyn Connors will be an interesting matchup to watch for sure. And then lastly, on the men's side, um, number six, Luka Ducic versus number 11, Georgios Kervis. So uh, both athletes were at the games last year. So, um, you know, it will be a, a tough competition for there. Uh, but turn the tide for me is Caravis is one of 17 uh, male athletes uh, to average a top 50 open finish since 2018. So when you look at his opens, uh, 2018, he was 79th, 2019, 74th, 2020, 34th. Uh, and last year, he was 12th uh, within the open there from uh, an, um, an open finish. And then I believe he was also top 10 from a Europe standpoint in um, the individual quarterfinals. So um, for him, he has definitely shown a successful history of competing in uh, 
the open and just these types of workouts and the, the tests that we're going to see along with quarterfinals last year. So um, that for me, uh, Carabas is my upset uh, on the men's hopefuls bracket. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. You can't really go against somebody that has such a consistent open finish over the last four years. So we'll wait and see and uh, see what the, the open announcement brings on Thursday. Yeah. So open announcement is coming. Everybody get your brackets in. Degree with Dave. Pick those athletes and run through all the matchups and have some fun. Yeah. And once you, uh, you fill out your bracket, fantasyfitnessing.com, uh, hit us up on Instagram at fantasyfitnessing uh, with your upsets. Uh, let us know what you think. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on The Rig Report. This was our first edition. It gives you a small taste of what this is going to be going forward. And now we're going to go do a live open announcement on this YouTube channel. All you have to do is switch over to that. We're going live as soon as this is done airing. And if you liked what you saw, make sure you hit that subscribe button, the notifier button, so you know when new videos are going to be released. And um, like and tell your friends all about it so we can spread the word and spread The Rig Report to your whole community. Thanks so much. Right. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. So we are we are live on YouTube, everyone, for open announcement twenty two point one. So excited to be with you guys again for another year. I have with me Charlie Ody, Kat Shear, and Cheryl Nasso. And we're going to break down all the news um, that is coming out of here. Right now, they're at break on the announcement. When they go live, I am going to try to do a screen share of the announcement. So... I can't believe it's already been a year since the last open. Like, <laughs> where? It's crazy how time flies. And a lot has happened. Like, think about all the changes that have happened with CrossFit, with everything. It's crazy. So true. What is the other sponsor, Surface Co.? Oh, here we go. I see a commercial break. That means it's starting, right? It's the intro. Um, I have something with Justin Madero. So am I like on the wrong thing? That's what I was looking at. I think that, that that's what, I think they, that just came on. So I think we're about to start. It's funny. I like barely ever do wall walks and you know, I'm like, Oh, I should probably start doing some wall walks. And I decided to like, you know, decide to throw a dumbbell at my foot. And uh, <laughs> I just saw wall walks again. And I did wall walks this morning and I'm like, here we go again. You know, I have not done a wall walk since the open last year. I I have not done many. I've maybe done five workouts with them in it. Just uh, I'm in denial. I'm just in you know denial. what? The wall walk to me is like, do you remember when burpees, like your first time doing burpees, how it just felt like every rep took so long? Yeah. And that's how a wall walk feels. All right. So can you guys see that? We can. Kind of. It's real choppy. It is. It's very choppy.
Got it pulled up on my phone though too. Are we gonna get audio, Scott? Uh, sure. <laughs> there we go. Well, one is ahead of the other. Okay. It's a good first week of lineup with the people that they have. I'm yeah. super excited to watch all of them. Okay, this is fun. <laughs> are the boys going then the girls or are they all four going that's a good question that seems like it's a small small area but yeah yeah i think it is really bad at this yeah we need to well, hear this scott there we go sea level now we're at a way higher elevation how much do you think this is going to affect your performance today you know thankfully i haven't really felt the altitude yet and we've been enjoying the change of pace the uh snowy colorado weather relative to the miami sun has been awesome yeah, yeah well hopefully the elevation won't affect you too much pat in terms of you you finished first at Wadapalooza, you finished second at the games do you get any nerves or an anxiety before an open announcement oh it's a different kind of environment here there's a little less on the line really you know it's the early stages of the season but i think anytime you, you compete you're competing next to another good athlete you always feel that little bit of pressure and if nothing else there's pride on the line all right good luck gentlemen tonight throwing down 22.1 but next up we have the announcement of 22.1 we're going to send it back over to kayla now the boys are on the stage if there wasn't already enough clout in the room i think it's time to talk to one of the biggest names to ever grace the crossfit scene for the announcement of 22.1 i give you five times fittest woman on earth tia claire toomey oh where did music go hey everyone all righty so thought I would rip that clean, but didn't. <laughs> Firstly, good luck to everyone competing in the 2022 Open. 22.1 is a triplet. In 15 minutes, complete as many rounds and reps as possible of three wall walks, 12 dumbbell snatches and 15 box jump overs. Let the games begin. All right. You know what, Derek, I don't normally say this, but I feel like I actually like the look of that workout. Don't mind a dumbbell snatch, don't mind a box jump, and it's only three wall walks. So yeah, it's, it's the wall walks that are going to get you at the end uh, dealing with all those reps, but I will say I think it was harder for Tia to open up that envelope. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but she did it with style. Now, we have some similar movements this year, but there are some different standards. So for more on that, let's head to Chase Ingram and Sean Woodley. Oh, boy. Different standards? Uh -oh. I, they were back. Oh, I didn't know they were. 
I'll let you look at the Caleb mentioned some differences in the movements. Things you need to keep in mind with the wall walks and the box jumper. Yes, this year they're going to standardize the line. They actually tested this at the Cross the Games last year with that thruster wall walk couple they had back and forth, 10 down to 1. So there's going to be a standard for the men and the women. On the box jump over, new movement, no burpee. But what's very important is that they are not allowing you to rebound the box, which I am a huge component of. They wanted to look at athlete safety for the majority of mm. the masses. And so if you're going to have to step down on the box deliberately for these box jump overs. So we know the details. Weird. This is how it is going to look. And after you watch <laughs> this video, make sure you go to games.crossfit.com, read all the rules and all the standards so you don't have to do it again, because if you're going to do it again, you're going to have a bad time. Okay. Fifteen minutes. Ugh. <laughs> no. It's gonna go fast. That's how I come out. I'm gonna think about it. That's gonna be maybe. For the oh, well, we're gonna talk about that, but. Okay. Who is that doing that? Is that Alessandra Pacelli? Okay. Was she testing workouts too? Do we know? That I do not know. I'm going to stop the share for a second so we can talk. Because I'm trying, the reason I asked that is I'm trying to determine whether this is Dave's workout or not. Right? Because, yeah, I think this is Dave's workout. Yeah. I I feel like Dave would have been. I feel like it wouldn't have been smart to like change all the workouts that have already been, you know, because as much as Dave Castro was likely the one that was creating them, there was other people involved in it, you know, with like we were talking today, Boz and Justin and everything. I'm sure that they all. Sure. And they have to create the foundations version and the scaled version and the adaptive version. And I'm sure, you know, Dave probably just did the headline and then there were probably lots of people, you know, figuring out all those details. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Can I just say so, I'm a little tired of wall walks? I, I haven't done them in a year. So. How, how many wall walks have you done, Scott? Huh? In the past one? Since what? Since when? How many wall walks have you done? None. Exactly. <laughs> Too many. You'd be, you be tired of them. I, I know. It's a, so it's a weird movement. It's a weird movement. It really is. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's the last right against the wall standard that's sounds like it's here to stay but they did mention a standard standard right so they're going to have a you know a a measurement for men a measurement for women it sounds like you're not going to be doing this whole you know measure your arms and the length of your nose and you know all that so (laughs) i'm i'm sure whatever it is it will be to my disadvantage yeah (laughs) as usual of course so i'm so why don't why don't we hear from kat and um cheryl about how you would coach athletes um, to do this workout. I want, I want to hear from Kat from like, cause you, you coach a lot of beginning athletes um, yeah. and foundation athletes. Yep. So my whole overarching theme for the open for all of my athletes is we're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time. Um, a lot of people, this is their very first open. So there's not sort of anything to go by. They don't need to try to beat them themselves from last year. Um, their fitness is what it is. And it's sort of a point in time, right? So 
we've not done wall walks here at CrossFit Clarity. So that's going to be a new movement for everybody. Um, so we're going to have to spend a little time, you know, explaining what that movement is. I'm going to have to learn what the new standard is and figure that out. Um, obviously lots of, you know, shoulder warming up, dumbbell snatches we've all done, box jump overs. You know, we did a million of them yesterday, of course, with the burpee. So um, that'll, that'll be fun. I'll get lots of groaning um, about that. But there's really sort of no body part here that you're not, not sort of using, right? You gotta, you gotta get overhead. You've gotta warm up those arms and shoulders. You're gonna have to warm up your legs. Uh, most people on my box are gonna be doing step ups. Uh, I'm assuming that's gonna be one of the, uh, you know, one of the scaled versions of that, unless it's some kind of a lower box jump. Um, I love, the, I kind of like the no rebounding thing, but that's gonna be more applicable for some of those elite athletes to see just how quickly they can get down and up. They're really gonna have to, I would assume, come up, pivot, come down, come up, pivot, come down real quickly, which is what I do anyway, but I'm certainly not elite. So Cheryl, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what you want me to go into in terms of the box jumps. You know, I'm just looking at it like, yeah, I think the, talking about the step in general, I, I do like the standardization from a safety perspective. However, I think it does somewhat limit what we're going to see the top level athletes be capable of um, in terms of repetitions in this workout. And I don't know that I absolutely love that, but I think for the safety of it and knowing that the open is honestly not meant to test those athletes anyways, the app, it's just meant to get them to the next stages. So I do think it's, it's good to standardize it. I don't think it's necessarily going to hinder who gets to the next level. You know what I'm saying? I think that the fittest people are still going to get through if they're stepping down, but I do think that it can be a little bit, I, I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to pace the workout a lot better. I, I do think right. that the workout's going to have a lot more pacing to it with that box jump over being standardized. Um, you know, it, it definitely just kind of going to what I, I know that you were just talking to Kat about coaching is I would definitely have athletes just practicing a different couple of different strategies with the pivot on top versus like, you know, turning around on top, like all the different things. Some people, depending on the actual standards is might like to jump a little sideways. That just can be a little bit quicker. That's more of an efficiency thing if you're not looking at a beginner athlete. Um, so that's my thoughts on the box jump overs. Yeah. And, and they're not, depending on, I mean, even the most elite athletes, those box jump overs are going to be slow, right? They're not, you can't really make up a lot of time on those. You just have to sort of be consistent. Same thing with the snatches, right? Like the time it takes for you to get to the ground, to get up, you know, no one's going to be yeah. breaking those up. Elite athletes yeah. are not going to be breaking those up. It's going to yeah. come down to the wall walks. Yeah. And I, and I really do think that with the box jumps being, it does make a big difference. So like, I know that rebounding box jumps is way faster. Like I, sure. I know it's way faster, but, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, just looking at, so kind of going into my strategy, depending on where they're at, like I said, this is not, the open's not going to test the elite athletes. It's really going to be just about getting the next stages. I think that goal is if people can look at this like an EMOM, you're going to get five rounds. I mean, that's an honest, if you look at this as a, as a athlete, that's kind of looking at this and that, and that's where you can actually start to learn your pacing because if you're like, okay, can I actually do three wall walks in one minute? You know, because that's going to give you even more of a pacing strategy going into it, you know, and then if people can approach it more like that, they can kind of go a little bit quicker or a little bit slower based on their level. That's my thoughts. So I have a, I have a question for you, Cheryl. I know that Christy doesn't rebound in the off season. 
just to stay healthy, right? And then as the season approaches, she starts doing it more. Do you do that? Or do you know that if other athletes do that same technique? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I, I maybe, I will say I, I probably rebound a box jump workout maybe three or four times a year. If they came up in a competition, I might. So the year of the regionals where there was a workout, it was a chipper and it was like, if there was box jump overs in it, I rebounded all of those because it is a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, it is good to save the ankles. It's, it's one of those movements at the Achilles, you know, people don't like to spend a lot of time warming up. You know, how many, I'm sure, I'm sure you get this cat in your gym. What's probably, oh, congratulations, brand new. But like, you know, people are like, I don't want to waste the reps. These workouts, if I'll be honest, anybody that's doing the open, they want to get the best score for themselves, not because they're trying to go on to the next level. You know, we can talk about that. Like I said, it's not going to matter for the elite athletes, but those people are like, I just want to get the best score for myself rather than redoing the workouts, spend 10, 15 minutes going into the gym and practicing these movements in combination, seeing how your body feels and then give yourself a break and then get after it because that's going to be the best way for you to get the best score without stressing yourself out and honestly losing fitness because you're obsessing about wall walks and box overs for three days. So, yeah. 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 I'm a big, I don't want to waste a rep guy. Yeah. I do think that top level athletes, I had just written down that I think we're going to see like seven plus rounds. I think that we're going to see some people doing two minute rounds on this. You know, I think it is possible to get three wall walks and 12 dumbbell snatches in a minute and the box jump overs being the pacer. The, the dumbbell snatches is where as an elite athlete trying to get the best score is where you're going to be gripping and ripping and muscle snatching and kind of using that and the box jump overs. Like you said, the wall walks, the workout, I'm going to be cruising through the dumbbell snatches and the box jump overs because the wall walks are slow. You really can only go so fast on those. We're good. We'll take a peek in at Noah and Pat going. Um, sure, we will. <laughs> um, Pat, are you guys doing Friday Night Lights? We are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking at the scaled stuff right now. It looks like there's a scaled wall walk, um, dumbbell snatches, and box jump overs for scaled um so are they already they're already on their second round yeah one yeah 130 in so that's they're gonna there's gonna be seven plus rounds easy yeah yeah no was about 103 All right, I'm printing out the standards just so we can figure out. No, I'll be honest, men versus women on this workout, looking at the surface area of that box is why, so people that like to compare men versus women, I honestly think that is like the worst thing because a workout is very different for a female versus a guy. Like this workout for guys, the box jump overs are actually easier because the surface area going down on that step is only 20 inches. Whereas for most of the females, it's going to be a 24 inch surface area. So it's going to be a longer distance for us, unless you have women that are going to, you know, I don't want to call it cheating, but they are going to find the small 12, 16 inch box surface area to work off of. So uh, Noah is definitely out fast. 
Um, yeah. On with the women, since they haven't gone yet, this is going to be a DB workout. She killed wall walks uh-huh. last year. For her, the step the step down is going to be easy. She's much taller, and it's just ripped through the snatches, right? Yeah, this is this one is really, yeah, I agree. She's also got that back injury, though. She may not just grip it, rip it. Oh, 35 pound dumbbell snatches, though. But, yeah. For an elite it's, athlete. It's like a, yeah, it's no big deal. Feels like games, yeah, but. I, w- I mean, honestly, the box jumps and the dumbbell snatches are a little bit back intensive. Mm-hmm. This is this is a pretty back intensive workout, especially if you are now just watching these wall walks. I think something else that people that are watching this at home can really be looking at is if you watch when they're bringing their feet up, they actually bring their butt up because if you're smart, you do that. A lot of what I watched last year, a lot of people doing is not doing that. And it, it makes their steps in so much harder, so much smaller. They're almost staying in this arched position. Uh, whereas if you get into that pike position, it makes the, the wall walk so much easier. And I, I'll be honest, I think having a slidey surface like that is going to make it easier too. So if you guys can find a wall that has, you know, like the gym that I'm at, we have a one side of our gym has all whiteboards. So it makes it your, your feet slide pretty easily like a piece of plexiglass. The sides nice. that are going to have the, the rough edges or the rough surface like a, a stone or a brick is going to be a little bit different. One little thing I'm seeing here is, I don't know if you saw in the snatches, Pat went really close to Noah's lane, like trying to intimidate him, throwing that, that dumbbell around. <laughs> I love oh, You can Pat see though, they're it. so close. I, I'm, this is, so what round are they on now? They're, they're literally crushing this workout. So. Four, five. Oh gosh, they're not even five minutes in. Ooh. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's, <laughs> and Noah's 123 reps in. Yeah, One round is 15, 12, and three. So 30 reps per round. 36, 91, 20. So that's, he's four rounds in. He's on his fifth round. So he's, he's almost only a, around. a third of the way like through. I said, I was thinking two minutes. I'm like two minutes. So two minutes around is probably like going to be for your like intermediate level athletes who I would say people that are two minutes around are probably going to be in that quarterfinals to semifinals uh, area. And then as you can see here, we're going one minute, maybe minute and 15 around. If you're a podium athlete. Huh? If you're a podium athlete. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Minute to minute 15. Yeah, it's crazy. And it really just comes down to, honestly, the speed of the wall walk is really what it's going to be because the box jump overs and the dumbbell snatches for – the majority of the games athletes aren't going to look much different. It's really going to be the wall walks. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break from the share to see if our fantasy people are here yet, but they are not. Can't believe I okay. haven't done wall walks in over a year. That sucks. I actually did some this morning. So I, but long story <laughs> short, I, I have changed my training schedule for me. And I told huh. Scott, I want to talk to some people about this, but I've been working out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I've been resting on Friday and Monday because for me, a normal person that has a full-time job, you know, that I have other, I'm not a full-time athlete. Uh, I find that my training has been way more productive 
on Saturday and Sunday on when I weekends. don't have to worry about it. I don't yep. have to worry about being on a schedule. <clears throat> and during the week, I just prioritize, you know, one or two pieces and the rest of it's kind of like the volume accumulation on movements. And that's been super helpful for me. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Scott, do we have matching shirts on? Yeah. What's happening here? Well, I have yeah. the, the oh, Noble okay. CrossFit. Mine's the Costco special. <laughs> Mine's the free first form special. You know, whenever you order, whenever you order from first form, they say you get a give you something. Shirt. So I always order. I always I always get the men's large cheese. Scott, that's funny. Yeah. Look at the uh, mess. Uh, you can't, can't come. Fantasy can't get on. Okay. Too many people. Yeah, I can knock off. I mean, honestly, guys. I, I'm going to be excited to see what the, uh, did, she, the did she send it in discord? Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of drama on this one. It's kind of, you know, yeah. pretty straightforward. Just kind of have to slog through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, know. I feel bad if you're really a good athlete, because it's going to suck way more if you're good. You know, they always do. I mean, they always do. Right. And that's why, like, if I'm going to leave anybody with anything, so your guys' fantasy people can get on here is like one, if you're, if you're not, Honestly, nobody should be redoing these workouts. Do it, have fun. But the strategy really should be that rather than redoing the workout, take the 15 to 20 minutes before you're going to do the workout, even if it's an hour before or it's the morning before, and actually practice the movements because everybody's going to have a different strategy on the on the wall walks. Everybody's going to have a different strategy on the box jump. So dumbbell snatches are what they are. You know, so just right. really giving yourself an opportunity to see how you can execute the workout the best. And that's going to be my only, my only thing. And I think five plus should be the goal for most people. Yeah. And it's all about the wall walks. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. That's it. Well, joining us now is Catherine Butler from Fantasy Fitnessing. And she has been querying her database since the announcement has been read. So... I know that you're looking at what athletes have done really well in events with these movements. And we're going to go through your brackets um, from the hero division to the, what's the other one called? We have heroes and hopefuls. Heroes and hopefuls. Yeah. Um, and we'll pick, we'll pick a couple from each one um, or one from each one, whatever you want to do, Catherine. Um, so yeah, take I it kinda, away. I kind of just went through and searched like what movements sort of. And in terms of picking people, I think it's actually like a blend between 21.1 and 21.2 because it's got all yeah. the box jump overs and snatches and all that. So it was just, I thought first we'd pick who we think is going to win the head to heads that are live right now. Who do you guys, well, I know they're halfway through, but Brandon Shadburn or Olsen Vellner. So I think Olsen and, and Brandon. Yeah, those are my picks too. Anybody else have picks? Well, if, I if those are your if those are your picks, they're my picks. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. because yeah, in twenty one point one, Olson B. Vellner, and in twenty one point one, Brandon B. Shadburn, and it was also the same in twenty one point two. So, yeah. if you put it all together, that's you know. Where it goes. Yeah. So all, I just all else through. being equal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's why I'm, I'm going to win the open madness. 
<laughs> it's really just based on injury. Injuries took out so many brackets last year. It was right. crazy. But so I just kind of looked through and who kind of were the top athletes that came out in those events for each bracket. So I looked at 21.1 and then the games event for the hero brackets because they've all did that games wall walk event, number four, and then mm-hmm. 21.2. And the athletes that kind of jumped out is O'Brien was fourth in 21.1 and first in the wall walk at the games. So in terms of those just taking time, she's fast. Um, another name that came out is Carrie also got third at the wall walk event at the games and was first in 21.2 with the snatches and box jump overs. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was insane. So those would be kind of the two that sort of come out on top in terms of the sort of hero brackets or female hero brackets. And then looking at the men's side, apparently Saxon is really good at wall walks because he was fifth in 21.1 and fourth in the event at the games. So out of our bracket, he was the top three both times. And then Justin was sixth in 21.1 and second at the games event four. And then in 21.2, it kind of pulled out some other guys with Adler was first, and then Houdet was third, and Belner was ninth. So those would be the top three sort of hero bracket guys. So it's interesting that, like, the wall walk guys and the guys that came out at 21.2 are just the different lists of athletes. Mm-hmm. So it is a blend definitely there between skill sets, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So on the hopeful side, we have less data, right? Because most of those are not games athletes yet. Yeah, there's a few that have gone to the game so i did see sort of who was there but for the hopeful side um sasha nieves who we know is going team but we have team people in the brackets because they're still fun to watch um (laughs) she was 34th and 21.1 and then she was 20th actually in the wall walk event at the games and then um laura clifton was also at the games and she got 12th in the wall walk event and then Another name that came out sort of in the top three in 21.1 and 21.2 is Lucy Campbell. She was 80th in 21.1 and then 15th in 21.2. So she's pretty consistent for two of the four scores kind of out of the open last year for her. And then, so yeah, and Ellie Turner was fourth in 21.2, so she'll probably be pretty speedy on that side of things. And then just looking at the like hopeful men. I, um, I have Ellie Turner winning my hopeful bracket. I think yeah. that's a pretty solid, solid call. I need to do a poll to see how many people agree with you. We'll maybe pull some of that out once it all locks down. I think it's tomorrow at noonish. Um, on the hopeful men's side, um, Colton Mertens actually came out in the games event four and 21.2 on top. So he was 15th in the games event four and third in 21.2. So he might be one to watch. And then on top for, he might, he might have some issues stepping down from the box. Yeah. Right. 24 inch box stepping down. Because of the the standard change. He can bounce, but that's going to be an issue for him. 
Yeah, that's a super. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, interrupt away. That was <laughs> that was great because that will definitely change things because he is springy kind of thing. And then uh, um, Augustin Ritelme, he was thirtieth in twenty one point one and eighteenth at the games in event four. So he could be an interesting one to watch too. Vellner won. I, that was I, I was trying not to interrupt, but I was like. When I watched him get past, he passed him it was so close. 11 rounds, I think. Wow. Ugh. I was loving watching your face as you were watching that. <laughs> I was like, I want to know what's going on. I'm like, this is so exciting. <laughs> Sorry. I just, this is like the best time of year. It's like Christmas for CrossFitters. So. It is. <laughs> it really is. Um, oh, man. That's gross. So, so who's your pick of all the top athletes to win on the women's side and the men's side? In the overall in the open? No, no. Just or, week one. No. Now that we know the workout. Oh. Um, I will pick O'Brien and Saxon, I think, would be my two picks. To win I'm going to go, now that I know the stats, I'm going to go Emma Carey and Jeffrey Adler. Mm. Anybody else? Okay. I like Mal. I think that that's going to be a good. I want Annika Greer to win. Ooh. That's a good pick, actually. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a guy in mind, really. Um, um, Saxon or um, Adler are great picks. Yeah. Charlie, you got anything? I'm going to go with... Gee is going to win it. <laughs> really? Randomly. Ah, why not? Just throw somebody out there as a dark horse. And if it hits, you look like a superstar. Yeah. If you yeah. don't, we move on to next week. Uh, so my female's going to be... This is, you know, I'm going to say Christy because you do them all the time, so why not? That step down going to be hard for her. Good workout for her. Yeah, that step down's going to be weird for her, though, too, I think. Yeah. But if she always didn't does you say? It. Didn't you say that's what she always does? Yeah, it's just, it's just. I don't think she can be as fast because she's shorter. That's all. You got it. She's, I, not, she's not that short. Yeah, she's you got it. Than me. Well, that's, that's because you're four foot ten. I know, but I, can, I yeah. can fly on box jump overs, stepping down. And as a short box, athlete, you learn how to jump up with your feet to where one is always that far corner. You're always so you're ready just, to go. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. always pivoting. So that's what I, I can. I can sometimes step up and like jump up and step down faster than people can bound. Like, yeah, that's not going to be my problem. It's going to be the wall yeah. walks that I don't want to do. <laughs> All right, kids, I'm going to hop off because I'm going to go get my training session done for the day. Um, awesome. But yeah, this one's going to be a gasser. Uh, 11 rounds plus. It's going to be fun. So sweet, sweet uh, dreams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, 
I'm just happy that my broken freaking toe is not hurting on wall walks anymore. So, cause yeah, I was worried, I was worried that that was going to happen. And I'm like, not going to be able to do the workout because my toe hurts. That sounds boring. That sounds like I'm being a baby guys, but my toe was really, really injured. I'm being honest. So, yeah, she, she had to have really hurt your toe. Like if you slip down, like, oh yeah. It, yeah she she like, showed me the picture. She had to get a toenail restitched onto her foot. Oh, dude, it, oh. Not pretty. It was. Oh. Leave it to me to have the weirdest things happen. That's like, I'm the girl that you're like, really, Cheryl? Yep, that's me. So anyways, good luck with all the fantasy fitnessing. And I will talk to you guys soon. I'm excited to see what, who's going to win between uh, Danielle and uh, Bethany. So yeah, I'm going to be a good matchup. Danielle, so, but, all right. Uh, see guys. you soon, Cheryl. Cheryl. See ya. So I want to finish up um, our broadcast with we're going to do throughout the season and we're going to change the panelists as we do this. And that is the training, um, training camp power rankings. And there's no rules. We're just saying training camp power rankings. You can rank them however you want, use whatever criteria you want, but I want to make it an open discussion, um, and get some engagement with you, the audience. So I'm going to go around the horn here and have people tell you their top five and why. Who wants to go first? Cat. You want me to go first? Okay. Um, I only actually have four. And, you know, I don't do things like the way everyone else does them. So <laughs> I'm, I'm basing mine on where I would like to go and train, right? Because of all the people and the things and the surroundings. And, and, and they're not necessarily in order either. So I'm going to, like, break all the rules and just be super annoying about my, my picks. However... This, this would be it's okay pick. to sit on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm definitely... All right. Here's the deal. Underdogs. Um, Ashley Kotler. Justin Kotler. Ivy Kotler. Jax Kotler. Enough said. Like, I just... I could... I want to be adopted and live with them and be part of their family. And um, I think Bethany and Danielle are super fun. And it just looks like a great place to be so underdogs easy easy pick for me um mayhem i went to cookville once within five minutes i wanted to move there i still would like to move there i think someday i would like to be there um i just listened to a podcast with jim hensel and man i would love to work with that guy what an incredibly smart grounded prophetic man um and i hear he's in cookville so i would want to go to mayhem for sure and be part of that team um and you know they've got like some good athletes too so that'd be cool um proven proven specifically because sydney wells and i could get crumble cookies every weekend and taste test them and i also feel like i know lisa wells the mom is not living there but like I could sub in, like we've had some really good like girl mom conversations in the past. And I feel like I could be like the surrogate mom for those two while she's while she's home and away. So proven would be one of my guesses. And then my fourth pick, of course, because of my buddy Max Elhaj, who we have yet to get on the show, but I would love to interview him, um, is Training Think Tank. Because Georgia and why not? I just think he's a super smart guy and one of the first like CrossFit celebrity people that I 
started a personal relationship with. And I call it a personal relationship. He probably calls it a Facebook stalker, but <laughs> that's what it is. We talked, we connected and um, yeah, training think tank. So those are my four, my four top. All right. I actually did mine as a power ranking. So I want to, I want to bring it back around a little bit and I'll go and then I'll let the other two go. So this was really hard for me. When you start listing out all the training camps that exist now, it is really, really hard. And there are, and there, it breaks my heart that underdogs did not make my top five. Really? Breaks my heart because as, as with Kat, I love Justin, Ashley, Jax, and Ivy. They are the coolest family ever. And I love all the athletes there, but they have no dominant male proven athlete. They have no team. Whoa. Now, Matt, wow. Matt may be that as the season goes on and hopefully they move into my top five. But right now, and Ricky Garrard, we don't know. That's a big unknown. So number five, training think tank. Sarah gives them a legit female for the first time that could actually compete along with Travis and Noah. Um, they have a very good, solid team that does very well every year. Um, and so they are my number five. Number four is hard work pays off with um, the defending champ, Justin Medeiros and Mal O'Brien on the male and female side. Then you have the up and comer, Jason Hopper, along with Jake Marconi, who is a solid athlete who performs very well. Yes, ma'am. Justin's not, uh, Justin isn't a hard work pays off athlete, is he? He is. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's still like coach five. I mean, I thought five. he was like he, a podium, he, he's a podium athlete, but he's not a, I don't, okay. Yeah, so they, they work together. You. Yeah. My number three is the training plan. Yami Tinkinen, is that his name? Yami Tinkinen. Um, and that is the new super team with Annie Thor's daughter, Con Porter, Tola Moraquino, and Lauren Fisher, along with Katrin David's daughter, who I think will rebound a little bit this year, moving back to Iceland, and BKG, the one of the most solid athletes in the field. You don't think that baby's going to be a problem that she has? Who, Katrin? Yeah. She's not pregnant. She's stop, done. stop, She's stop done. the rumors over. <laughs> She's gone. Number two mayhem. They're going to win the team division again, as they always do. They have a second team who probably will qualify for the games and Haley, Cara Saunders, Bailey rail. Then you have, um, Royce Dunn, Gee, um, Tyler, Christopher. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty stacked. Um, across the board. So, um, I will put them at number two, but got to go. Number one proven with sacks moving there. That gives them a top five male athlete, um, teaming up with the five time defending champ Tia Claire Toomey. Then you add in the well sisters, Will Morad, Cole, Gear Shaver? Gray Shaver. Gray Shaver. Shaber. Shaber. There you go. Shaber. There we go. Um, and I think that is um, a completely stacked team, and they are my number one going into the season. 
all this is subject to change after we see the open. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and people get hurt and everything else. Um, I have a fifth. Sorry. Uh, the program. Mallorca. Only because I just really want to go to Mallorca. I've heard it's really nice. And Jacqueline Dahlstrom is my huh. doppelganger. My 20-year-old, younger, more beautiful doppelganger. There you go. There you go. Catherine, you got one? <laughs> yeah, all all of them were said. I'd say the, I guess my fifth to work up would be the program because Gabby Mandala is with the program too, isn't she? Yeah. Correct. Yep. So them and then Mayhem, they're just building. How can you not? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a given. Um, and then the training plan with the Icelandic crew and like the Aussie and American thrown in there um, with BKG. And I'm giving David's daughter one more season before I say she's done. <laughs> I know. Too kind. You're too kind. I know. I'm just, I'm hoping the move will trigger like a change in growth. And I don't know. I think she needed a change. Most athletes change True. coaches at some point within eight years in a professional setting so hopefully that change i'll give her one more that one and then um hard work pays off and then proven on top because he is on top and especially now they got saxon like i'm waiting for them to drop a team like yeah maybe next yeah. year i'm like you got will morad you got street you got sydney wells find somebody else Ooh, maybe they will like it, it's super doable because yep. I know they have some other girls like in the videos and stuff. I just don't know who yeah. they are. Well, but. that's a good, that's a really good point too, Catherine, because, you know, I mean, Sydney, as much as we're rooting for her and she's getting better, I don't know that she's games ready. Right. No. And as, as an individual. And, yeah. Right. So that would make sense. Um, I mean, crap. How, how cool would it be to have Sydney and Brooke on a team? one year maybe maybe broco's team to just give herself a little bit of a break oh that'd be a fun team to watch that'd be super cool you wouldn't know who's who no. <laughs> be like anna wells somebody'd have to wear like you know a blue ribbon and a red ribbon or something yes. yeah <laughs> um, but yeah and street i mean street's solid but you know not quite individual yeah and maybe he's maybe cool gray shaver oh he's not no, he announced Will, he's, Will, he's Will, and Will and Cole. Will and Cole. There you go. There's our team. There you go. Love it. We just made a prison yeah. team. Bam. I'll call, I'll call Nick. Yo, Nick. <laughs> Charlie, what's your top five? So, number five, I've got underdogs. Um, all the ladies that you talked about, plus Allison Scuds, I think, will make a push, too. Uh, Lugos, though I don't like his height, he's my guy now. <laughs> Uh, performed well. Number four, I have Think Tank. Um, all the, those three guys you said, Sarah, plus, I'm telling you, Amy Kringle is going to make another push. Yeah, and one person I didn't mention is Alex Alexis Raptus, who was yeah. just a, yeah. an eyelash away from the games last year. Yeah. Yeah. And Travis. I mean, Travis is still there. He's not going anywhere. No. Yeah. All right. Him, perennial games athlete. We always, we always forget <laughs> about him, but he's always there. I, I said Travis. That's my no, boy. We don't ever forget Travi. Never. Uh, number three, I have Brute. Um, you've got Emma. You've got all the kids. 
Jason Carroll, Kranikoff, who's actually, I don't know if he'll make it out the open, but we'll see. Um, you've got You're terrible. Souter Brothers. <laughs> uh, so Brute's my third. Um, two, I'm going to reproven for all the reasons that everyone said, but i got to go with Mayhem first. Um, mm-hmm. Forgot Lazar's in there. Or Lucas. Oh, yeah. Whichever one. Lazar. Yeah. He's Lazar, yeah. Lazar, that's a top 10 games athlete. We right. left him off the Mayhem list. Exactly. It's so, so deep. Yeah. And Cara yeah. Saunders. Just, yeah. She yeah. You know, the brute guy that I think is going to, is going to make a huge jump is Phil Toon. Yeah. After talking yeah. to him and doing some research, like that dude's ready to make a jump. Yep. Yeah. And May- Mayhem's also got, I think Raquel Mays with them down there. Like they've got mm-hmm. a few South American athletes that are going to come out too. Yep. Well, I guess and they have a- one spot. There's just one lap, but you know, most importantly, they have a new puppy. Have you seen the yellow lab? William William Wallace? Okay. That's all I'm saying. It's <laughs> another reason why I'd go down there. And one that I like just wanted to say but isn't is Decacomp just because gotta represent Canada, gotta have, you know. <laughs> and Belner, Ellie Turner. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of them, but you know. M- Michelle does a nice job with them for sure. Yeah. Quite quietly. And, and isn't Freya yeah. there too? Possibly. Yeah, I'm not she might be, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's odd we've had this discussion and like the old school camps are not Invictus, Comp Train don't didn't make any of our top fives. Yeah, I thought well, about I Invictus. Just yeah, just an observation. Who's that, who's in? I don't even. Comp Train's got Sam Spiegel and Chandler Smith and Barnhart. Yeah, and Invictus has Spiegel. And Reagan, love Reagan, but love Reagan, but probably I'd not. I'd love to see Reagan go team again. That would be cool. She and Danny would have a blast on a team, but she's not moving. So, yeah, Reagan's not moving. That is, um, cool. I like that. That was fun. So, Bethany and Danielle look like they are doing rep for rep synchro. Yeah, <laughs> they probably agreed to that. <laughs> hey. Let's just, let's just. I feel like they probably just can naturally fall into sync. Right. They probably do it all the time. Training all. Now, Bethany pulled ahead. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that was fun. Um, I'm going to take all these lists and I'm going to post them on Instagram so that we can get some engagement with that um, because we'd love to hear who you think the top five training camps are um, and continue this discussion. And we'll do it again next week and we'll do it with a different four um, because we'll get their opinions and, and things are going to change. It's going to be fluid throughout the season. So well, with that, um, we're going to jump off here and watch the end of this open announcement. Um, So we can see who wins between Danielle and Bethany. But until next week, this is the rig report and we'll see you next time.